Welcome to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Take heed, there will be spoilers for this Volume 3, Issue number 57, that is approximately 20 years old. But I will still spoil it. If you want to get in touch with me, you can tweet me at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L, like the color. I post the episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Fan and Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook pages. The website where the episodes are posted is bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. The email address, should you choose to email me, is usagipodcast at gmail.com. And there are forums at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net. As I indicated, Volume 3, Usagi Ojimbo, Issue Number 57. It is cover, uh, not cover dated, excuse me, it went on sale May 29th, 2002 from the Dark Horse Maverick line. The story for this issue is entitled Crows, and this is the part in the first, part one. Now, our dramatis personae include in person Katsuichi, or Kebo-chan, should you choose, Shunji and Jotaro, both students of Katsuichi, Iseo, or It-chan, again, should you choose. Those are all in person. Senpai also is in person. He is a village headman. And we have Fujiyama and Kinuko in spirit. Fujiyama is a former dojo headmaster, and Kinoku is a former student that studied with Katsuichi and Iseo, as we find out. And I believe uh, she will turn up next issue, uh, but I'm just taking a shot in the dark after reading this. I haven't read the next issue. As I've said before, I, I am woefully behind in my Usagi reading because I don't read ahead. I read just before recording the podcast so that everything is, is fresh in my head. So we open the story with a headshot of Katsuichi, eye patch in place, which I believe, if research bears out, the patch that he uses or the covering of his eye held by a leather thong around his head will turn out to be a tsuba. It looks like T-S-U-B-A. It's part of a sword that the, uh, the uh, ring spacer that the end of the blade fits down into through and then goes into the handle or what will be used as the handle. It's kind of an ornamental ring, but I think it's a spacer to space. At least I believe that's what it does, and I believe that's what it is. So we are in a sword fighting school, it appears. There are boken hanging on the wall, many students watching. Uh, at least one student we see here on the first page getting ready, swinging his boken, uh, getting used to the feel preparing his stance. Then we see here on the final panel of this page, we have from left to right as we look, we have Iseo, Katsuichi, and Jotaro sitting in front of a banner that's hanging on the wall. It does have some kanji on it. I have no idea what that kanji said. says. If, if anybody out there would like to let me know, it'd be cool to know what that, or at least that portion of the banner reads. We then see a student, then we see Katsuichi, the student, Katsuichi, and he kind of phases out. Uh, this student that we're looking at turns out to be Shunji, who is a student of Katsuichi. We see an image uh, that is uh, kind of a dream image, an imaginative image that Katsuichi is having, and he's awoken by Jotaro, 
who indicates that he had a faraway look in his eyes. And Katsuichi goes on to explain that he was evaluating, um, looking at their faces, their stances, the, the way that they're preparing themselves, the blinking of an eye. And then you imagine various attack scenarios to predict the outcome of the match, which, I, I mean, I guess, but that just seems interesting. The match is about to occur, so just watch the match and then you can evaluate right from what actually happened to educate and teach and move on. But we hear a haya and then a bonk and Jitaro is like oh. And the next panel we see that Shunji is on his hands and knees holding his head. Uh, Iseo's student is bowing. Thank you. Uh, he's saying the downed student Shunji is apologizing for failing. Katsuichi or uh, Jitaro tells him, don't worry, Shunji, I'll regain our honor. Bring me a boken. And Iseho retorts quickly, I appreciate your enthusiasm, Jitaro-san, but it is getting late and my students must perform their chores. Perhaps another time, eh? Well, if you say so, Iseho-sensei. And Iseho turns to Katsuichi and says, come, let's have some tea together. And so they uh, shuffle off as everyone else goes about their evening chores. And these two are... Old friends, uh, it turns out, they studied together under Fujiyama, who was the former headmaster of this sword school that now belongs to Iseo. So they studied. Uh, we come to find out here briefly that Katsuichi left. He was the number one. The school was going to be his. He left to pursue other interests, which I'll get to here momentarily. Uh, Iseo stayed became the new number one, became the uh, first son, son number one, so to speak, and Fujiyama passes the school when he either retired or died, whichever, onto Iseo. And so now we are several years later, which is present, and former student Katsuichi and former student Iseo, current headmaster of the sword school, are having a friendly competition between students, but also, I would think, using this as an opportunity to catch up to old friends. Uh, old friends enough that they have uh, <laughs> almost street names or youth names. That's the Kabochan, uh, that is Katsuichi's name, and Itchan, which is Seo's uh, very familiar or child name. I I'm not sure of the usage or formality of things like that in the Japanese culture. Uh, I just... You know, all I know is, is what is expressed to us here in this book. So, uh, the third in their group, the Kanuko, um, I don't know if that is a name reference on the level of Katsuichi, or is it a name reference on the level, on the level of Kabo. Um, so, I'm not sure. But they're talking, and, and, and much of this discussion is, as I just um, explained Katsuichi was far and away the better student, um, so much so that he probably, at the time that he left, was the equal of Fujiyama-san, uh, uh, Fujiyama-sensei. And Katsuichi sensed, uh, he, he got tired of the, the structure. Uh, he also, I believe, felt that he had learned what he could learn, but he, there, but he was not done learning in general. He wanted to learn more. Uh, and he kind of felt that Fujiyama sensei had passed on all that he personally knew. So Katsuichi kind of started chafing and 
ultimately left the school. In doing so, uh, many at the school, according to Aseo, were insulted because they felt that that was an indication by Katsuichi, the, the number one, that the school was not worthy or that he was better than the school. Whereas, you know, Katsuichi is explaining to Aseo that his, his leaving was none of the sort. It was merely that he was not ready to stop learning and he felt that the best way to continue learning was to uh, do so outside of that particular short school. They're, they decide that they want to compare uh, martial knowledge, and so they'll duel, a, a very friendly duel, I'm sure, uh, with Boken. We see that uh, Katsuichi is, is moving through the Boken that are on the wall until he finds one, and he says, hmm, I think this one will do. They continue talking and visiting like old friends, and then here in the midst of this, Iseo is uh, recalling old times and drops the name Kinoko, which causes Katsuichi to pull up short, uh, kind of, you know, stop. You, you see in the panel here, there's kind of motion lines or, or like jerk lines around him, like he shudders or something like that. So I, I imagine that he's uh, moving around and doing stuff and all of a sudden he just stops and, you know, stiffens a little bit is, is what I see in my imagination. Immediately, Iseo drops to his knees and says, forgive me, Katsuichi-san, I forgot. So something pretty uh, heart-rending must have happened. Uh, Katsuichi retorts, it's just that I haven't thought about her in such a long time. And to hear her name again, it is my weakness. I'm feeling emotions I have suppressed for a long time. I know what you mean, Iseo says. We cannot relate to our students on a personal level, but we are equals, you and I. Katsuichi turns, looks kind of over his shoulder and says, maybe I should come out of my mountains more often. And Aseo uh, finishes their thought, you'll always find a welcome here. Enough talking, Kabo-chan. Are we going to have a match or not? Calling me my childhood name isn't going to help you win. It-chan. Prepare yourself. And so they walk and part ways uh, in the panel. Next panel, they turn. They take up their stance. And in the final panel on that page, they rush attack each other uh, later that evening early next morning I guess it would be early next morning we see Katsuichi go to the quarters and wake up both Jitaro and Shunji uh, Jitaro notices that Katsuichi is holding rubbing his right shoulder and he asks if he's okay well actually no I'm sorry he's just looking in on him this is after the duel uh, or several duels you know how, however it transpired and he's just checking on his wards, uh, and, and checking wakes up Chitaro, but he tells him to go back to sleep. Next page, we have a cock crowing on a fence post here, and we see Katsuichi, Jitaro, and Shunji all sitting here on the porch, preparing to take off. Iseo comes out and bids them adieu. Uh, Jitaro notices that Iseo has his left arm in a sling, and asks about it. Naseo says, oh, I, I just ran into a door. And Jitaro says, well, that's funny. Katsuichi sensei hurt his arm last night also. Must have walked into the same door. And Iseo and Katsuichi start laughing. Shunji and Jitaro are like, what? And we see that Jitaro is thinking, huh, what I said wasn't that funny. Well, if only you knew, son. Many hours later, we see uh, the first panel on this page is a nice little mountain vista with a lot of birds uh, flying in the sky here in the background. And we kind of 
touch on what that is here. We run into a farmer. We see that Katsuichi, Shunji, and Jotaro are on the road to, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're returning, I think, because Katsuichi realizes that he has an upcoming appointment to uh, fight Nakamura Koji, which has been something that's been building in the books for the past little bit. So I guess they're returning either to the temple or to um, Katsuichi's home, wherever the duel is supposed to take place. Jitaro notices there sure are a lot of crows around here, and that's the birds that we saw in this one panel here. It's harvest time. They must be a nuisance to the farmers, indicate Katsuichi. So they pass the farmer and on down the road a couple panels. He starts yelling for help, and as they turn, is running toward them, being pursued by three, three, yeah, three brigands. One of which catches up with him and stabs him with a, a short spear, falling to the ground. Uh, he's about to stab him again when Katsuichi uh, steps up and smacks the dude in the face with the butt end of his walking staff. He faces down the other two on horseback. You know, there's some banter. Uh, who are you? What are you doing? Why are you bothering this farmer? Oh, that's none of your business. Ha ha ha. We're so mean and tough. Uh, well, this is just a farmer. There's no reason to be messing with him. Well, it's none of your business. We'll just kill you too since there can't be any witnesses. I mean, it's it's the typical, or <laughs> maybe even at this point, stereotypical um, good guy who is is trying to do the right thing and the bad guys who, who are all uh, bluster and wind and hot air and you know it's it's just an interesting exchange I, I in my mind I see I don't know how many uh, movies that have had a scene like that somewhere in it where you know the bad guy uh, puffs and blusters and it, it's just it's very amusing uh, anytime I, I see that kind of thing it takes me back to when I was a child I grew up in um, Chicago, and so we had access to, uh, if not public uh, television channels, then channels that were devoted to um, other other cultural movies and TV shows, and uh, the you know the the stereotypical kung fu theater was always something that I looked forward to on the weekends uh, as I sat there on the couch with my dad, perhaps with not you know it. it just depended. Then I, I quickly moved to Shaw Brothers movies and I, I go down, you know, a whole nother rabbit hole of points and, and parts of my media consumption life and, and growing up and everything. It's another one, one of the many fascinations that I've had. Um, sorry for this aside if it bores you guys, uh, but <laughs> um, Shaw Brothers movies, Kung Fu movies, and, and I, uh, I often think about sitting down and finding a list and then just trying to go through and watch all of the Shaw Brothers movies that I can find. They have always entertained me um, quite, quite a lot and take me back many, many years to when I was younger and, and f was first exposed to those. So uh, needless to say, that, that kind of scene uh, is very reminiscent of many of the Kung Fu movies that I have had the privilege of watching. <laughs> maybe maybe not the privilege. Uh, not all of them have been good Um Sorry, another aside. Uh, one of the first things that my now wife uh, bought for me as a, a present when we were uh, getting to know each other, courting, if you're old-fashioned, you know, 
she found out that I was a fan of kung fu movies and she bought a DVD, one DVD, that had 10 kung fu movies on. And in the 13 or 14 years that we've been together, we've managed to make it about halfway through that DVD because those movies are so bad. <laughs> I guess that's why there were 10 of them on one DVD. But, oh, wow. But So, um, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> so the brigands attack and... Um, Jitaro is holding Katsuichi's staff while he unsheaths his sword and kills two of them and sends the third one running. They attend to the former, find out that he has been hurt pretty severely, uh, such that he can't walk, but Shunji does bandage him up and they decide that they, Katsuichi, Shunji, and Jitaro, are going to take him back to his village, which is about two hours walk away. So Katsuichi sends Shunji and Jotaro back to get his wagon and they load the injured farmer up on the wagon and they are going to take the wagon back to the village but actually it turns out that Shunji and Jotaro are the ones pulling pushing the wagon and Katsuichi is merely walking in front <laughs> trail blazing as it were so they get to the village and Senpai comes out to meet them he's the village headman Katsuichi catches Senpai up on what has uh, gone on. Senpai catches Katsuichi up, Katsuichi up on the situation. He Senpai asks Katsuichi for help, but he says he can't because he has a matter of honor that he has attend to elsewhere. And so he can't stay and help defend the village because he just doesn't have the time to do that and uh, continue his journey to where he must be, his, his destination. Not that he doesn't want to stay, but just that this thing that he has to do is of a greater import, and so that's what he must attend to. Well, while they're talking, the situation is kind of taken out of their hands because the brigands attack, uh, we know, because the villagers start running around like headless chickens, yelling and screaming, and several times Katsuichi stops a villager and tries to get information from them, but we see that the information is not forthcoming because they are, are in such chaos in their minds and in what they're doing. No organization. They have no idea what to do. They're just, you know, running around. Ah, ah sky is falling. And that's, that's the best they can do. Well, ultimately, Katsuichi does organize them some. He tells all the villagers to grab whatever weapons they have. He and Shunji and Jotaro will go out in front of the group to meet the brigands as they come into town. The thought is that all of us together will uh, be numbers that will impress the brigands and, and hopefully there will be a de-escalation because of our numbers. The final panel is Katsuichi seeing the group of brigands. I'm assuming that he sees whoever is head of the brigands and he says, you, kind of quietly. And so that, I believe, means that the Kinuko uh, that Iseo and Katsuichi spoke of earlier is going to be who is leading this group of brigands. They're going to be led by a female. Now, looking over things, I see that I neglected to indicate that this was created, written, and illustrated by Stan Sakai with front cover colors by Tom Luth, which I didn't go over the front cover, and back cover colors by Jason Vam. Well... The front cover has two images, 
uh, juxtaposed one atop the other. The back image is of Katsuichi standing holding a holding his walking staff in his right hand. The four image, that image of Katsuichi is kind of in faded colors so that your attention is grabbed by the four figure, which is a smaller image of Jitaro standing holding a boken ready to attack. The back image is of Usagi, sword in right hand, walking toward us down a path. Cool thing I like about the path is that it is so used that the path itself is of lower grade than the surrounding um, countryside that we can see on on either side of the image. It looks like Usagi is walking along a ditch, but in actuality, well, I mean, it may be a ditch when it rains, but in actuality, it's because the path is so used that it has worn below the grade of the surrounding countryside. I like that. Both images are by Mr. Sakai. All the cover images and everything at this point are by Mr. Sakai. We're not going to see uh, many covers by other people like we see on the new volume or the reprint volume perhaps so alrighty guys let's uh, take a look here some terms that we were given we have seen them before uh, most of them sensei which is the teacher the uh, boken which I introduced uh, is the wooden sword or the practice swords that they use so that they you know the thought I would imagine is that they hurt and I mean you can seriously injure someone but you really have to try it certainly is not like fighting with a sharp piece of metal right which we all have experienced hitting somebody with a tinker toy is one thing hitting someone with a you know a knife would be completely different um when they're getting ready to take off after fighting at the sword school, um, Jitaro indicates that he needs a second to put on his Waraji sandals. Um, and I believe the Waraji sandals are those reed or woven, um, almost macrame looking, or as they say in England, macrame. Um, I grew up saying that the term was macrame. I, I really don't know which is correct and which is not. And then also with uh, Katsuichi, I did a little bit of, of hunting and found the word Suba for the patch that he uses to cover his one uh, missing eye, I believe, at this point. I believe it was taken, um, attached by a thong wrapped around his head, and he's got the Suba. I believe I've seen that convention used uh, elsewhere, TV and movies as well. So I believe that's uh, everything for this issue 57. Next time, it looks like I am wanting to speak on Volume 4, Issue Number 17, which looks to have come out March 24th of 2021. So, as I move along here, I'm getting closer and closer to being current. Yeah, no, not really. I, I talk about these new books once every four shows, and um, they come out much faster than that. So, But we're, we're getting there. I think at this point, as I'm recording this, the current books, well, I think that volume has finished. It finished at 31 because recently word has gotten out that Mr. Sakai is taking Usagi and moving from IDW back to Dark Horse while in the interim releasing um, another uh, project that he is working on. And, and so Usagi is temporarily, the, the main Usagi story is on the shelf temporarily from what I understand. So we're waiting to see what that new product is. Um, I'm recording this at the eh, near the end of November, right before Thanksgiving 2022. I'm not sure when it'll be out. Probably the, um, yeah, I don't know, might not be until the middle of 2023 by the time this comes out. 
Uh, anyways, a little bit behind uh, behind the curtain there. Probably too much. You guys don't care about that. You just want to hear about Usagi. So, next time, Volume 4, Issue Number 17. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you next time. Ciao.